It changes everything if you have the right view of Jesus. And we're going to look at three different passages that just kind of walk us through that book, but also, like I said, is heavy on the application side. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you for just a second what you guys have learned already. So Dan, if you'll put that um, first slide up. So if you have been reading the book... You basically know now that the scripture can be divided into 12 different sections. You know the geography from which that took place. You know who the main person was. And you have a storyline summary of God's word. Okay, as you've worked through the curriculum that Derek wrote for us, you've also gone through and you've taken certain chunks of those particular places, and you have kind of learned about origins, identity, relationships, leadership, discipleship, life in Christ, and today is our last meeting, but the homework's not done. Next week, we want you to work on Acts 1 through 8, because the theme of Acts 1 through 8 is, what do I do now? How do I be on mission, okay, with what I've understood? And so here's what I want you to know. Way to go. You've learned a lot. Okay, you've got a great overview of the scripture. So, application point number one today if you have a wife or kids, take your kids through what you've learned. Okay, so if you have been reading the book and know those 12 sections, it is super easy to say, hey, the first section of the Bible is creation. And it happens in Genesis 1 and 2, right? And just begin, as you're walking to your dinner table at night, you don't have to go do anything else other than what you've already done. But you just walk to the table and say, hey, Lord, oh, yeah, I probably ought to talk to my kids about creation, Genesis 1 and 2. Who's the main character? Adam. Here's what it's about. And you have a conversation at the table while you guys are eating dinner. We need to take this stuff that we learned. Our, our heart was not to create smarter sinners, right? Folks that know a lot more information about the scriptures. Our heart is life transformation. And so I hope that you'll take what you've learned, okay, and you'll figure out ways to apply it, to share it, to take it, not out of, take it out of Thursday mornings and move it into your workplace, move it into your neighborhood, move it, in, move it around to the dinner table, because what we've done this, this last two months has been really good stuff. And I want it to transform your life by the power of Christ and his spirit, but also transform those who are around you. So like I said, Colossians, we're going to spend a little bit of time, three different passages in the book of Colossians. But Colossians, basically, the, the theme is the preeminence of Jesus Christ, his church, And then how does that affect us? The book is broken up, chapter 1 and 2, preeminence of Christ and church, and then 3 and 4, what do we do with that? And so the first thing I want to do, I'm going to look at just a passage, Colossians 1, 15 through 20, and hopefully you guys are studying the Bible in the New American Standard or NLT or ESV, good study Bibles, that's what you need to do. One of the things that I've found to be super helpful is I keep a copy of the message which is a paraphrase of God's word done by a guy named Eugene Peterson. People that know me laugh because they know I use this a lot, right? But I keep it open next to my Bible when I'm studying. And so it brings to life in a different way, study here in the NLT or NAS or ESV, whatever it is, 
but then read what the message has to say. And as I was reading Colossians this week, I pulled open the message and I'm like, man, there is incredible stuff that the message has to say. So we're just going to read this passage, and I just really want you guys to tune in to what the message says and as it brings light to Colossians 1, 15 through 20. So here's what it says. And remember, the theme is the preeminence of Jesus, who he is and how he affects what we do. So it starts like this. We look at this son, Jesus, And we see the God who cannot be seen. In your NAS, it says he is the image of, he is the visible image of the invisible God is who Jesus is. We look at Jesus and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in Jesus. He was there before any of it it came into existence. He holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning, and I love this, leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone, So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Listen to this. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people, things, animals, and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. And so I hope one of the things that you take away today is this Jesus who is the supreme governor in charge of governments, galaxies, everything, is that you get to have a relationship with him, a personal, intimate, vibrant, abiding relationship with the God of the universe. So the one that's in charge of all this, in charge of every nation, every country, every government, every political system, you get to have a relationship with. So when you get up in the morning and you open your curriculum and you get your coffee and you put your feet up on the coffee table, you are communing with the God that is in charge of everything. Everything. Folks, that is an incredible miracle that I lose sight of all the time. And I have to be reminded by passages like Colossians 1, 15 through 20. It's like, oh yeah, this is the God of the universe that I'm having a relationship with and it should affect every single thing that I do. The other part of this passage is it says that Jesus is the head of the church And the church is his body, the scripture says. And it basically says we are, in Ephesians chapter 1, towards the end, it says we are his hands and feet to do the work of God on this earth. And you get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of the supreme commander's work on this earth. I will tell you, so my background a little bit was I was on staff. I was in the business world for about five years. I went on Young Life staff for about 10. 
And so in the midst of that, Young Life staff, you're doing a lot of nights out. My kids were getting older. I was missing time with my kids. About that time, Watermark was starting. This was November of 99. And so Todd asked me in early 2000, he said, Kyle, what, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I, I love community. I love seeing man, men connect deeply with other men. That's what I want to do. And so he said, hey, go write your job description. So we wrote it and we worked it and tweaked it and all that kind of stuff. And I ended up coming on staff. But let me tell you what my attitude, my attitude was because of my history, I'd been with Young Life, I'd seen all kinds of life change, God working in great ways, but my experience pre-Watermark with the church was, okay, I'm going to put up with the church so I can do ministry. And so I'm going I'm to uh, just kind of go to church, do church, and then on, I still remember, I think it was May the 15th, 2000, I jumped in a car with a bunch of guys, Scott Faulkner, who's here at a table, was with me, and we went to Willow Creek Community Church up in Chicago, and it was called the Prevailing Church Conference, and I sat there, and I listened to Bill Hybels talk about the church being the hope of the world, and if you jump into this thing called church, and you yield your heart and your life to it, you will not believe what God is going to do through you, with you, and with the church. And I am telling you guys, I was in those meetings that week that we were at Willow, and my heart started pounding because of Colossians 1, 15, 1, 15 through 20. Jesus is in charge. I get to have a relationship with him, and I get to be part of his kingdom divine purpose and so can you so i've said a couple of times during these last eight weeks i've said hey it's not about summit right it's not about being together in this room with eight other guys that's great stuff good stuff's happening but this is a journey for all of us it's a growth journey of wherever we are to becoming fully devoted to christ And so understanding who Christ is, having a right view of Jesus and a right view of the church is the first thing we have got to get right. So my hope and prayer has been that you would have grown in your understanding of who the preeminent Christ is because it changes everything. And so you keep going through the book of Colossians and you run into Colossians 3, And everything changes at the first part of Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. So it's gone from the preeminence of Christ, the importance of the church, and then it says this. And again, I'm in the message right here. So studying in your study Bible, looking at the message, and it says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, comma, act like it. So if you have this right view of the of Jesus Christ as in charge of everything, act like it. Have right thinking, now act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. I love that. You, me, pursue the things over which Christ is presiding. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up, be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where, love this, that's where the action is. The real life change action, life transformation is happening in the places where Christ presides. 
You want to see things from his perspective. You want to be involved in the things that Christ is paying attention to. And so certainly that we talk around here, that certainly that's self-leadership, right? That is paying attention to the things that are going to develop our, our relationship, our intimacy with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. That's part of what Christ is paying attention to. But he's also paying attention to okay, what you guys need to be doing with other people. So he's saying, hey, so act like it. And so I just want to, for a second, tell you, give you guys a heart and a vision for, hey, this stuff we're doing in Summit is awesome, okay? But it's not the purpose. The purpose is to train you to walk deeply with Christ and to have an impact on the world for Christ. And so here's what I want you, you've heard this, I borrowed this years and years ago. We are in the church are looking for men who are fat, right? Faithful, available, and teachable. And so one of the things we're going to do, we're going to talk to the leaders of your tables, and we're going to say, who are the guys over this last eight weeks who have been faithful, available, and teachable? And what's next for those guys? How do we move them on this journey so that we can get them what they need so that they can have an impact for Christ's kingdom? And so we need guys, and that A in fat, F-A-T, available slash margin is really important, right? That you make time, okay, to do what we're doing, self-discipline, work on the disciplines of the inner life, but also you got to make time to serve and to use your gifts. And I love the men in our church that are sacrificing making money in order to be available to make disciples. Man, I'm telling you, it's worth the trade. And so we need people inside Watermark all the time, right, that are able to lead community groups, that are able to jump into pastoral care situations, marriages that are blowing up. We need people that can use God's word in those situations. They're not intimidated. They're stepping in. I would love nothing more. Rob would love nothing more to be able to call two of you guys and just say, hey, Two days ago, we got word that this marriage is blowing up. Man, can you guys go jump into their community group and help them think through that? It's intimidating. But we need people to do that and jump in and pastor and shepherd Jesus' church. And we haven't talked about this much here, but so not only do we need help, leadership from inside, what happened to Watermark Ministries, but guys, there's so much opportunity outside of these doors to have an impact on Collin County or wherever your community is, I don't have to think long at all. Let me just tell you some of the things that are running through my brain. I want the strip mall across the, the parking lot, okay? Nobody said I can have it. There's nothing, but I'm asking the Lord that we, we could turn this into a community center, that that strip mall over there has got a Quest Care clinic in it just like the one that we have before, that there is a, if it was me, I would start a small business that was a t-shirt business. And I'd have one guy that could run the business. I'd have one guy that could do the art and the design. And I'd had five or six guys that are, have previously been homeless that are helping us run that business. Making t-shirts, delivering t-shirts, walking into places and saying, hey, here's my story. 
I'd love to have a bike shop over there to repair bikes for kids. Had a conversation yesterday about a way to use daycare as a way to reach families in this area. And I'm just like, there are so many things. This building sits open on Saturday night. How about we put a Spanish-speaking church in this building, right, and use it? Those ideas, okay, you have, if you take 10 minutes, kick your feet up and think about, God, what would you have me do? You may get 10 of those things in your head. And you start thinking, praying, processing, God, what do you want me to do for your kingdom, okay, that's going to impact the world? And so all the ministries we've started at Watermark have come because people in our church have said, hey, God's put this, this spark in my heart. And we start talking and developing, and thinking, and God confirms, or God shuts it down, and everybody seems to think that it's about money. It has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with leadership. Godly, faithful, available, teachable leadership. When I was on Young Life staff years ago, we had, um, we had a ministry to our upper middle class kids that was going great. It was doing great, but we had 40% of our kids in Lake Highlands High School were um, African-American. And we weren't reaching those kids at all. And so we started thinking, praying, processing, hey, how do we begin to reach these kids for Christ? And so we spent a lot of time thinking we needed to hire somebody that could live, I mean, be in life with those kids. But it was a, it was a $30,000 or dollars $50,000 deal. And our budget, get this, was probably sitting at $125,000 for everything. And we needed $50,000. And so if you all know Young Life, you know they do fundraising banquets and all that kind of stuff. And we had typically done banquets where we raised, oh, I don't know, $20,000, $25,000. And so this year that we had been talking about this, we go into our banquet and we just were asking the Lord, please, God, would you give us just a ton of money so we could start this ministry to the African-American kids. And so we go through our banquet, everything's fine. And so the guy I'd gotten to kind of get up and give the pitch, right, the fundraising pitch, steps up and starts to give the pitch. And a guy, one of my leaders, hands me a note that says, tell the pitch man that I will match dollar for dollar everything that's given tonight. And so I literally, I walk up there, I interrupt the pitch man, and I say, here it is right here. Read this. Well, it was funny. Some of our larger donors, they pulled their checks back out, right, and wrote a check for more money. So we raised like $65,000 that night. And three days later, I walked into this guy's office and he gave me a check for 65000 bucks. And we started a ministry to the African-American kids at Lake Highlands High School that's now grown to the junior highs, Conrad High School in DSD, and it's still rocking. You've got that somewhere in here that God can use you, okay, to make an incredible impact, whether that's inside the church, discipling, leading tables at Summit, whatever that is, or whether there's a spark for something else that's out there. And I will tell you, if you tell me that you're a Young Life staff person and you're doing ministry like crazy, you, were not, you know what we're going to ask you to do at Watermark? Give us one hour a month. Greet, serve, park, whatever, and go. Go do ministry. The last thing in Colossians 4, it says this. Starts with pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. 
Don't forget to pray for us that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ even while I'm locked up in this jail. Paul's in jail right in the book of Colossians. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down and not cut them out. And so, guys, not only are there big dreams and big visions for what we all want to do with our life, there's also the day-to-day, moment-by-moment conversations that we have with people, that our, our speech is seasoned with salt. Be wise among those who are outside the faith, right? How do we be, and so I'm talking about, hey, how do we turn conversations towards spiritual things and not be weird, right? How do, and we gotta, we gotta grow in that. I hope that today every single one of us have a chance just to say, I had a guy come to my door a couple of nights ago that was selling he was um, uh, just out of college and he was talking about this program. They come to your door and say, hey, give a little money and these kids that are underprivileged will do this. And I just said, hey, man, I love the heart of what you're trying to do with these kids, but do y'all have anything that addresses the ultimate problem? That was my question. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, the ultimate problem that we all have. And he goes, well, tell me what you mean. And I said, well, I believe that we're all fallen and that we're separated from God, and that if we don't address that first, the stuff that you're talking about won't change. And so he finally caught on, and he just said, hey, I'm a believer, and I'm like, perfect. Okay, asked me, he just, I said, great, clarified that he understood the gospel, and then I said, where, where are you in life? He goes, well, I just moved here, and I don't have a church. Pulled out my wallet, had a trifold card, and said, hey, there's the porch, Tuesday nights, seven o'clock, show up with 3,000 other of your best friends. And so use those opportunities that we have, okay, to make the most, our, our speech is seasoned with salt and we make the most of every opportunity. And so Colossians says, hey, have a right view of who Jesus is and it will change everything. It will change how you spend time with him. It'll change how you spend your time. It'll change how you spend your money. It'll change your relationship with your wife, with your kids, because you have a right view of what God is, and that's what the book of Colossians is talking about. Have that right view of God. Okay, what I'd love to do is just now tell you guys, if this is a journey, what is next for you guys? So let me just tell you what's coming as we kind of talk about this. So if you've got, you've got a handout uh, on your table right there, and it talks about some things that are coming. So first of all, Uh, Just because we stop meeting, you're not done, okay? You've got Acts 1 through 8 this next week, okay? So keep doing the homework, but even after the curriculum runs out, you're not done. Keep practicing the spiritual disciplines. Keep meeting with other guys. Look, if you want to take your table and during your small group time today, say, hey, let's keep meeting. Let's keep going, even if it's two of you, if it's three of you. Probably none of us did 100% of the homework because it was a lot, right? Go back and do it again. There's a ton of great stuff in there, and you can help yourself. You're, you're getting this incredible framework, this incredible structure. Just keep hanging stuff, okay, on that structure. 
keep working. You don't stop doing that. What we're going to do as Watermark to help you guys is a couple of things. So we're going to be done, okay, after, um, after this week. So the leaders are meeting next week. Everybody that are leaders in the tables at 6.30, we're going to be in the breakout room one. I can't remember if Judd said that or not on the west side uh, parking lot. So park on the west lot, come in that first room, and we're going to talk and we're going to unpack what happened during summit and be together, which will be really fun. So that's the first. And then that's really the last official thing that happens this fall. But in the winter, on January 7th and 14th, okay, if you, so it, it's not, the, it's a little confusing. It says January 7th through the 14th. That's not every day, okay? That's just two Thursdays, January 7th and January 14th. If you are over 50, okay, and you are a member at Watermark, we want you, okay, to show up these two weeks, and we want to talk about how we as 50-year-olds and plus can leave a legacy? How do we use our last 10, 15, 25 years so that we leave a legacy? And we're going to do two weeks with our members that are over 50. How do we transfer our faith to the next generation? So we want you there. And if you're not a member, but you intend to be a member, then let us know that and we will invite you to that, okay? But we're setting up leaders and we don't have leaders that aren't members, Okay, so we want all those guys, and we want to get together and talk about transferring our faith. How do we be effective for that? So sign up for that, okay? Then on January 21st, we're going to train for what we're going to do in the winter. We're doing two classes, the end of January through the end of February, and so we're going to do a dad's class, okay? So if you're a dad, if you're a guy who wants to learn how to be a dad, if you think you're going to have kids in the future, okay, we're going to do a class that kind of gives structure for how to be a great dad and how to disciple your family. Okay, concurrent with that five-week class, we're also going to run a class called the Real Men's Club, okay, for guys that are either um, don't have empty nest, don't have kids yet, and just want to learn what it means to be God's man. It's a class we've done at Watermark for several times, and it's been great. So we're going to run those two things concurrently. We need leaders for both. Okay, so one of the questions you need to talk about today at your table is, are you ready to lead one of those things that's coming up in the winter session that we're going to do? Then we're going to run the class for five weeks, Real Men's Club and the Dad's Class. And then we'll hit spring break. Spring break's early this year. And then we'll have some things after spring break as well. But I want y'all to think about what's next. All of us to think about that. What do we do? How do we give our life away? How do we make disciples? How do we make disciples who are going to make more disciples? And so we need you. I feel like the military, right? We need people to grow and jump into situations where we can pastor and shepherd our church. And so that Colossians 4 passage in there, pray diligently, stay on the alert. And so I want to pray for us that even though summit is ending, that we continue with great passion, with great energy to be on a path of understanding who Jesus is and then giving our life away for the sake of his kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for all that you've done for us. Would you help us 
Father, to grow. Would you transform our lives? Would you lead us to places and people that grow us to be more like your son, Jesus? Give us the ability to have a, um, just to be fully devoted. And we need that from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before we head to small groups, I'll throw up the questions here in just a second. But a couple of things I want to do, just as a couple of other practical applications. Like you may be in your small group talking about what's next. Some of you may need to do regeneration. Okay, you may say, hey, I really do want to walk deeply with Jesus, but I'm stuck. And I'm not sure I understand why. Okay, and so Regen is a great place for you. Me, a ton of guys in this room are going through Regen right now. And I will tell you, it is a pain, okay? But it's really good and really healthy. And so regeneration might be the place for you. Your marriage may not be in great shape. Reengage is a great place for you starting in January. One other thing I just want to highlight this morning too, I don't know if you guys, any of you guys that were here with us last semester, at the end of the semester, I stood up here and just said, hey, there's a small group of guys that are meeting that we call it Deeper Dive around here. It's just a name that describes... Basically, just a buddy of mine, Scott Faulkner, has a heart for discipleship, raising up disciples who will make disciples who will make more disciples. And so it's a high call of what it means to be a disciple. And so those guys have been meeting for six or seven months. And so I'm going to ask Dave Deo, that's back here, who was a guy that was sitting right where you were six months ago, to take 60 seconds and just talk about what being a part of this deeper dive group has done in his life. Dave? Good morning, everybody. Um, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to spend a few minutes, or I guess about a minute, uh, sharing uh, what Deep Dive is and what it's been for uh, me and for this group of guys. And so Deep Dive really is, it's a group meeting that we've been meeting for about six, seven months now. And there's three kind of main components that we've been focusing on. First one is just to learn to study God's Word together and also on our own, um, to spend time with the Lord uh, on a regular basis uh, through reflection times or whatnot. And, and then third one is all this is to equip us to then be prepared to lead others as, as um, Kyle has just spent um, a, a pair of time talking with us about. And so the daily component, um, uh, so the equipping part of learning to study and be in God's word and spending time with God's word, there's kind of two major components. One is a daily part where uh, we are in the word every day. We do the journey every day. Uh, we read a psalm or proverb. We do scripture memorization. Um, we also journal. And then there's a weekly component of which there's two parts. One is uh, equipping. Uh, Scott will have us read certain books. So we've gone through um, Honest to God, which is a Heibel's book. We're doing uh, Living by the Book, which is a Hendrix book right now. Both of those kind of different facets. One is uh, Heibel's book was really challenging us on the element of um, just what does authentic Christianity look like in, your, in our lives. Um, and living by the book really is about equipping us to be able to study the word in a more in-depth and methodical way so that we can extract the truth from it. Um, and the second part of that is uh, what we call the Mark 135, and that's more of just a time of reflection. And um, you know, I don't know uh, what everybody's story is in the room, but I know for me, um, with having a young family and, and going through some transitions over the past couple months, it's just been one thing after another after another that the margin for time has has been very small to the point where uh, how much time do I really have an opportunity to step away from that and just be still before the Lord, like it says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted in the nations. I'll be exalted among the earth. And just to take that time to be still before him, to listen 
and, and to, to hear what he has to say in my life. And that has been one of the most revealing parts of this whole process for me is what has God had to say in me, not necessarily me trying to do all these other things to be better equipped or to grow. That's great, Dave. Let me just tell you guys about that, a little bit about that, is that, hey, if you want to step up the accountability and the disciplines in your life, you need to go talk to Scott and that group of guys after this thing is over. You can ask a ton of questions about that um, and just what does it mean. So if you want to just take the next step in understanding your Bible, what does it mean to journal the disciplines? And so here's why I had Dave stand up and do that. Everybody I talk to that's got Dave involved in their ministry is saying, this guy is growing like crazy. So he's on the worship team, and Eric's coming to me and saying, hey, you would not believe what Dave is doing, how he's growing. Scott will tell me, hey, Dave is crushing it right now. And so I just want to tell you, if you want something that's a little bigger commitment, a little more accountability, you guys go talk to Scott after this thing is over and just ask, hey, is that the right thing for me? It's great if it's not. We'll keep doing stuff, but that's another option, another opportunity, just like re-end, re, re-engage, deeper dive, next spring summit. It's an option for you guys to jump in. All right, so there's three questions coming as you guys dive into uh, the table. Questions? Here they are. So considering all you've learned over these last th- eight weeks, what's been the most transformative? What's next? How will you continue to practice the spiritual disciplines? And then last How will you apply what you've learned to your life? Be specific, personal, family, church, vocational. So dive into those. Talk about those. How are you going to apply what you've learned the last eight weeks? And we'll be back with you at 755. As we wrap up our time this morning, man, I hate to cut into your conversation. This week, as we read in Colossians, we focused on the life in Christ and what it looks like. And so I want to read for us just real briefly as I get ready to close this. But He says in uh, Colossians 4, beginning in verse 2, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us that God may open a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. Verse 4, that I may make it clear as to what, how I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. And if I could close our time with that. As we go about our day, as we go about the life we have in Christ, let us go about making much of him, uh, praying along the way, praying for one another, the men at your table. Uh, Some of you groups will continue to gather uh, through the remainder of this calendar year and simply sharpen one another. Others of you have received the charge, even before Kyle gave it this morning, uh, to consider ministry endeavors or how to minister in the workplace or your community or your local church, because not everybody here is a watermark uh, man. And we're so thankful that we can open the doors that men who follow Christ can pursue Christ, be sharpened by one another. And so let me just close this with this and just saying that let us make the best use of our time the best use of our day-to-day, the best use of the rest of this week uh, and the rest of this year for the glory of Christ and for the good of those that we do life alongside, family, friends, and uh, co-workers and complete strangers. Uh, For those of you that are uh, leading tables, just want to remind you that next week we'll gather right back here, not in this room, uh, but in the far west. If you'll park in the uh, west parking lot, be here at 630. We'll have bagels and coffee and otherwise. Counted a privilege to have walked through the last eight weeks with you guys and knowing that we really have been sharpening one another as Christ has been sharpening us. Let me pray for us and then we'll be dismissed. 
Lord, we've gathered here. It's been a privilege for us to gather with your word open, our lives available for you to do what you want to in, on, and through us. And may you use the days that you've ordained for us that we would make much of you so that others can make much of you. Thank you for each of these men and the way they're leading in their spheres of influence. Would you continue to use them every day until the last day for the glory of your name now and always. Amen. Uh, the building is open. You guys are dismissed, but you're welcome to stay and linger and conversate and study and use this building for your uh, own purposes. Thank you for being here.